Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Coaching for Millennials. This episode, I have a special guest with me who is amazing, and we recorded this episode last December, so I have taken some time to kind of regroup some things as we rebranded, so you may hear me introduce her as Life and Business Coaching for Millennials when we change the show to Coaching with Millennials. But I'm really excited because I think everyone needs this in their life. So for this episode, my friend Sabrina Woods is chatting with us about how to address your stress. Um, and if you're experiencing stress and anxiety, how to open yourself up to mindfulness and meditation. So I'm super excited to have Sabrina come onto the show. I couldn't wait for her to come and share her wisdom, her experience and expertise. You're going to love it. And we also do in this episode a guided mindfulness meditation. And it's literally 90 seconds long. So I can't wait for you to enjoy it. Please leave a review in the show notes or in the actual comments on Apple or Spotify or if you use any other platform. Let's dive in. Are you a millennial who's struggling to find more purpose? Do you feel confused when you think about what you're created to do here? Do you waste time on job search engines searching for a better fit? Do you often feel unfulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Well, you don't have to feel that way anymore. Welcome to the Life and Business Coaching for Millennials, a safe space where people from all walks of life can come together to learn, grow, and transform. My name's Jose Miguel Longo, and I'm your host. Life and Business Coaching for Millennials is a place where diversity is celebrated and encouraged, where we can have open, honest conversations about uncovering your purpose in business, feeling more joy in your life, and ultimately finding more happiness and success. I look forward to having meaningful conversations and coaching sessions that will help you explore life, career options, be inspired, fueled, and fulfilled with laughter. It's time to chit chat with Jose Miguel. Let's dive in. Hey, to chatters Welcome to the episode of Life and Business Coaching for Millennials. Today's guest is someone that I've known for so many years and I've had the pleasure of working with through my work in career development and recruitment. And I'm so glad that she's able to join us here today. Sabrina Woods, welcome to the show. Jose, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm uh, excited to talk about this topic today. I'm excited about this topic because as I mentioned before we kind of started recording, it's a topic that's true and dear to me. It's helped me in so many different ways when I've been able to focus and need to get focused and realign, but also through stress of just life and the things that we deal with every single day. So let's jump in. I don't know, I don't have a title yet for this episode specifically, so I can't really mention it in in the recording, but I think for people who are either going through something big or are looking for more ways to be more organized and focused in their lives, this idea and this concept and theory of mindfulness and meditation, I feel like you're an expert. I always go back to look at all your LinkedIn posts and even reach out often to ask you, what would you do? Can you do this? What can you do? So I want you to share all your expertise, all your wisdom and everything that you can to really share with us and listeners about mindfulness and meditation. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say that as I talk about it, really what I'm, my purpose is to think about how can we address our stress really even more broadly than mindfulness. I mean, I'll focus in on mindfulness, but 
as a holistic career and life coach, what I've discovered over the years is that anybody in a career transition is really stressed out. And so if I can give them um, a few minutes to help them focus on their well-being, then mindfulness and meditation and all the other kind of um, holistic practices can help them when they're under that stress. So address your stress could be the subtitle of this <laughs> session, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you want me to just kind of share where I'm at? What do I, what do I, how do I define mindfulness? Is that our good kind of? Yeah. Study? Yeah. So just wh what is it? What, what is, is it? mindfulness? What is meditation? What are those things? Cause I think people have a stigma or a stereotype of what they think it might be. And they kind of think that it's all this warm and fuzzy, they really can't get in touch with their inner selves, but they probably really need to. <laughs> so yeah, tell us what that is. Tell us what meditation is, what mindfulness is. Well, I'll, I'll start with a funny story. My aversion to mindfulness, um, actually more to the word meditation. When I was, when I was like a tween, you know, preteen, I, I would say to my mom, do not say the M word in front of my friends because my mom was a meditator. I was so embarrassed. So it's funny that, no, no, that, that's many, many decades ago. Uh, but I've come so full circle. And now I go on silent meditation retreats twice a year. Uh, so an entire weekend in silence. And yet, what is this mindfulness and what is this meditation? Let's start with, with mindfulness is the broader bucket. And I, I use the APA's definition, American Psychological Association definition, which is mindfulness is the moment to moment awareness of one's experience without judgment. If mindfulness is the bigger umbrella, then meditation is just one category that would fall under mindfulness in my world. Now, I use a lot of different tools when it comes to um, getting mindfulness. And so I really like to make sure people think of it broadly because, man, there's a lot of folks, myself included, that don't want to sit down on a cushion for a half an hour and try and stop their thoughts. And that's what they often think of for meditation. So I don't do as many sitting for a half hour sessions. I, I do the long weekends twice every twice a year to kind of reset my system. But what I actually end up doing is twice a day, or at least once a day, I go out for a walk and let that be one of my mindfulness sort of moments. The other one is I've started doing some Tai Chi and um, I'll include a 10 minute video, not me, <laughs> but an expert leading 10 minutes worth of Tai Chi. So that's more accessible to me. Uh, yoga is another one. Uh, bike rides. I never thought I would ride a bike in November, let alone December. I'm going biking Friday and I live in Rhode Island people, but it is really good both for the physical body and the stress and also just for my mindfulness, being in the moment, noticing the trees, feeling the cold against my skin. Uh, those moments that I'm describing allow me to be very present. And it lets you drop out of all that stress just to give your brain a break. We can go into the neuroscience of, of stress at, at a later point if we've got time for that, because that's another piece that I like to talk about. Helps with the why, but I'll leave it at that for now. So it sounds pretty simple when you think about all the practices that come into the idea of mindfulness. If you're going for a walk, 
it's just really allowing you to disconnect for all the stressors that are coming into your life and being able to focus on the experience that's around you to bring a sense of relaxation. Yeah, especially if you can kind of shut it down and just sort of invite yourself to notice your surroundings. Sometimes I'll pick one of my five senses to focus on. What do I hear? What do I feel? Especially like if it's cold or the sun's out, can I notice the sensation of the sun on my face? Or um, even what do you smell in the spring, for example? So if you can bring yourself into one of your five senses, then you're getting that moment to moment awareness. You're focusing on that one thing. And that helps us to alleviate and let go of the things that we're freaking out about, worried about, stressed about, scared about, especially right now. And we might yeah. think, oh, is really a 10 minute walk going to do it? I got to tell you, I go out for that 10 minutes and I feel better when I come back in. I'm more ready for whatever's next in my day, even though it can be really short, short stint that I'm out for. Yeah, I actually have to th- I have to say um, this past weekend I was up at uh, Lake Placid and I did some hiking and I hadn't been out in the outdoors like that deep in the middle of nowhere for a long time. And I have to tell you, it was a really quiet weekend. It was nice and calm and relaxing. And we, the hike was so, I was like your surroundings, you just open up all of your senses and you have no choice but to relax and be in tune with what you're actually doing, which is just that walk and your mind just literally is breathing and you're working on your breathing and you're just kind of like part of the nature. You're part of that environment for that brief period of time. So I can definitely see how those connect and not really knowing that it was happening. Yeah. Um, So good that you got out. Yeah. Oh, it was nice. It was gorgeous. Even for being, you know, probably 30 something degrees or less, but it felt like 20 something. So it was beautiful though. Um, So what are some of the, um, you know, when we talk about meditation being a practice of mindfulness, right? You mentioned it being under that umbrella. Why do people meditate? And, And what is it about meditation that you think might actually scare people away from practicing it? So benefits first, right? Um, I want to reference a a cool study that I came across. Uh, The article was called Contemplating Mindfulness at Work. So one of the things as a, as a, as I teach this, I teach workshops about building resilience. And sometimes I'm teaching it to audiences that are super skeptical. So it's really great when you can have some work-related research. This article was interesting in that it was in, it involved um, the researchers considering 4,000 scientific papers on various aspects of mindfulness. So it wasn't specific to meditation, but mindfulness. So they reviewed these 4,000 articles and that these, this was an interdisciplinary team that did this experts in management, mindfulness, um, neuroscientists and psychologists. So this whole group got together. This was at Case Western Reserve University. And they discovered a whole range um, of different benefits in the workplace for those that were doing some kind of mindfulness study. And it was published in the Journal of Management. So these benefits that they came across after analyzing 4,000 research studies included ability to manage stress, attention. 
So attention and focus, that ability to stay on a task, right? It's really easy for us to stop what we're doing in the middle and then quickly go check social media, right? Like, mm-hmm. whoa, our, 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 our ability to focus has gotten um, much more challenging. Uh, some, other were, some other ones were efficiency, regulating emotions, cognition broadly, just the better ability to problem solve and think through things, and even how employees work together. Those are a lot of different benefits. Some other ones that we can throw in the mix would be um, obviously increasing positive emotions, decreasing negative ones, increasing immune function, and trying to think if there's anything else for, for me, it's also about creativity. And I think this also ties in, if we, if, we, if we do a subset into the quick neuroscience of stress, do you want me to go there or is that too? Yeah, go right ahead. I'm sure wild. People, I don't know how much time we have. So I'm sure here's people the, want to dig into that. Yeah. And so, especially when we tie it to the creativity, let me, let me, um, I'm a, I'm a total novice at neuroscience. I'm just fascinated by it. So it's me as a student teaching students basically, but when we're under chronic stress, what's happening is our prefrontal cortex is shrinking our amygdala, which is the fear center. That's where that fight or flight gets kicked off. That's the amygdala triggers. It says, Hey, um, adrenal glands, you need to shoot out to some cortisol to get us into action, right? That's that fight or flight. So the, um, the fear center gets activated when we're under chronic stress. And the other thing that happens when that cortisol shoots out is it is affecting our hippocampus, which is our learning center. So here's my, the logic with the really simple breakdown is, oh, great. When I am chronically under stress, I'm shrinking my prefrontal cortex. I'm activating that amygdala shooting cortisol. And I am shrinking the place where I learn and have my memory. That's a whole lot of bad all wrapped up in one. So if we address the stress, even a couple of deep breaths, which I'm going to invite us to do in just a second, when we take a deep breath, we're sending a signal to the brain, I'm okay. Because when we're not okay, we have rapid breathing, right? Mm. So I'm scared. I'm right? So if we stop, take this deep breath or three deep breaths, we're signaling, signaling the brain, I'm okay. So that's a really phenomenal way to mitigate that fight or flight. I'm sure scientists listening to this right now are laughing at me because I don't have it completely right, but I've got some of the basics down. But and I in think the handout right of not having all the science terminology that people can get easily confused and not feel like they would want to understand what it is. There was something you yeah. said that I want to go back to. Yeah. So, and it really kind of connected with me. Taking those deep breaths disconnects that part of the brain that's telling you you're under stress and causes it to refocus to help you get connected again. Yeah. So that shrinkage of, what was it called? The, am- the amygdala? The amygdala? So our amygdala is amygdala. our fear center. That's where the fight or flight is actually kicking off. It's telling the cortisol to start 
you know, it's getting us mobilized for action, right? So we're going to calm down our fear center when we take a breath so that that cortisol is not shooting. Now we're talking about chronic stress. I'm not saying, you know, all this bad stuff's going to happen just when you've, you've got one bad incident. It's just over time, these things can happen where that there's that buildup. Cortisol can be our friend because it can help us that fight, flight, or freeze. Um, but too much of it and too consistent is what's the, it's doing the harm over time. Well, yeah. if you think about individuals and especially in today's world, we have more people who are diagnosed with anxiety and stress than probably a lot of other major mental health um, illnesses because of the world we live in and how to manage that. I think through mindfulness meditation is a great way to develop those practices that can help people in those challenging times. I, I, I've recognized like there's two things I've noticed myself, the older I get, my attention span is smaller Mm. and the, the older I get, um, I've seen myself get more anxious and stressed when I never used to feel that way before. Um, so it's, I don't know if it's a society as a whole that's causing this or if it's just how my body's reacting to it. And I'm, I don't know if other people are experiencing the same things that maybe when they were younger in their, you know, their twenties or early thirties, they didn't have these ailing symptoms of stress or anxiety. And they've all of a sudden kind of started to become more prevalent or maybe they weren't recognizing them as much and they were able to work better with the flight or fight risk kind of situation. They just kind of jumped right in and did what they needed to do. You know what I think, Jose, and we're not even talking about COVID. We can just say pre-COVID, even pre-COVID, we had higher levels of stress and it's not just your age. I think it's the culture. And now here's what I mean. We're so connected. We don't have any more empty moments. An empty moment would be I'm standing in the queue at the grocery store, standing in line at the grocery store. So we don't even have time for our mind to wander because in that moment we whip out our phones. So to counter it, if you could give yourself even some self-imposed moments for mind wandering, you'd be doing yourself a service. Even set aside meditation. Could you set up five minutes a day where you just looked out the window or like I said, go for that walk or what have you, or do walking meditation in your living room. Sometimes I do that, but give yourself a few moments to do nothing. Even that is that break. And I think that's part of what is causing us so much challenge right now is the connectedness it's doing. It's taking away all the empty moments. Yeah. I, I never really paid attention to that idea of having those empty moments. And I think our society has practiced and caused us to practice more of that whole connectedness piece. How do we stay more connected when we have so much technology around us? So now we're using different apps to stay connected while still using our phones to not get distracted by just being still. Yeah. I mean, and there's some connected, there's a lot of connectedness that's really good. But I think what's happened is this impulse control, and I'm guilty of it too. I should count how many times I check email or how many times I check LinkedIn so I could get a better sense of how often am I breaking my focus and jumping into social media. And yeah, do I feel more connected when someone's written something on my LinkedIn post? Yeah, I kind of like that. That feels good. So I understand this reward system that's 
that's that's getting triggered from the social media and other things. But yeah, if we can just do a pause and maybe this would even be a good time to try out three deep breaths. Do you like that? Let's do that. All right. So for anyone listening, here's my uh, invitation is to, if you're sitting down on a chair or couch to uncross your legs and put both feet firmly on the ground so that you're literally grounded, you're connected to the, the floor, the earth, what have you. The next thing is take a moment and actually feel where your body is touching the chair. Maybe even rock back and forth on your hips, on your sit bones, and actually feel where your legs are touching. And then notice your small of your back and middle back. If it goes, if the chair or couch go up that far, just feel your body because we spend so much time in our heads, we almost forget we've got one the body that is. So it's like, oh, here I am. Next, allow your shoulders to be um, relaxed, but upright. So they're, they're back. So your chest can be really open and you've got a very um, relaxed, but upright posture. Yeah, that's it. What I'm going to do next is three breaths with a four count inhale, a four count pause, and a four count exhale. Really simple. Okay, here we go. Deep breath in. Hold. Four, three, two, one. Slow exhale. Another deep breath in. Hold. Four, three, two, one. Exhale. Last deep breath in. Hold. Four, three, two, one. And exhale. Then two or three breaths at any pace you wish. Just focusing on the inhale and the exhale. Allowing a little tiny bit of emptiness. And then just notice how you feel. And ask yourself, what was that like? I can just feel, I feel a little bit more of being in my body and I feel a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more kind of, hmm. <laughs> How about you, Jose? Relaxed. <laughs> and that yeah. took what, 90 seconds maybe? I should time if, it sometime. If that, yeah. I think yeah. that it's so helpful when we just practice breathing, right? Yeah. That's all we did was breathe and we just connected our body to what we're sitting in if we're in a chair. I know some people may probably be commuting to work. So maybe pull over if you're driving or, or, you know, if you're in a subway car, um, you know, just close your eyes and pay attention to your own self and forget about your surroundings. But yeah, I mean, just those quick 
actionable, right? Because their breaths and look at the result, the result was feeling relaxed. Who doesn't want to feel relaxed? I'm sure people think about relaxing at a spa, um, but when you can't give yourself that relaxation, just being able to connect with yourself and your inner um, breathing patterns is on an automatic help. Yeah. And you know, if you do this more consistently, or you have some longer moments of mindfulness, you're really stopping that chronic, you know, stress from affecting your brain and giving yourself this chance to have better decision making, more creativity, more focus for attention. So you're giving yourself this gift of productivity by having that pause. Now, some people are like, oh, how do I even, how do I remember this? How do I instill it into my life? You could start with deciding to be present while brushing your teeth. It sounds so silly, but what if instead of like thinking about a million things, you just thought about, I'm brushing my teeth and just focused on the idea of brushing. And you just give yourself that one point of focus while brushing your teeth as a, as a starting point. Or right before lunch, when you're sitting down to eat, you take three deep breaths and then you eat. And if you can tie it into something, you're more likely to practice at least these couple of breaths. And one more story. My, my husband got into, um, or we, because I was with him, we got into two car accidents in close succession. Uh, one was his fault, but a driver slammed on his brake and the other was, was hitting a deer, which was really upsetting. And so this started to affect his driving. And he, he went and saw a counselor about it, just have a session to say, you know, what can I do about this? Because now I'm, I'm feeling edgy. What the um, counselor had recommended was to sit in the car and take three deep breaths before driving. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to your destination, pause and take three deep breaths once you arrive so that you can kind of like desensitize that driving experience and for probably six months, we did that together long after he needed it because I liked it. I am the type that, oh gosh, I have this tendency to sometimes rush through things, less so right now. But that's getting into the car and taking three deep breaths before you go somewhere added a level of kind of, ooh, chill maybe to that experience of wherever we were going. So we can get these little breaths in without too much effort, I guess is my point. Well, I think, you know, when, and that's a great example and a great story. And I hope you're both physically okay. Oh um, yeah. But you, we take that for granted, right? At the basic function of who we exist is breathing. Mm. And, and oftentimes, I know we live in this fast-paced world of go, 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 go. I think COVID has caused some people to open and react to how to really deal with not having to do that. We've all been, many people have been in certain quarantines and certain lockdowns and, you know, time with family and having to like take a deep breath and like walk away from a situation when you're in a certain environment to avoid a conflict with family members. But I think at the same time, don't take for granted the breath, the air that you're breathing, the breath you have to take just to be here present. Mm, yeah, it's a gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, notice so, it. Yeah. Enjoy so, it. Be exactly. with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 
where, what would you say, I don't know for you, but what for beginners, where could they go to find information on mindfulness meditation? Do you have a guided meditation that you do? Is there a place where you would recommend people going? So um, we're going to include uh, this handout, I think, attached to this, but it's called Job Search During Challenging Times, Resources for Your Search and Your Well-Being. It, you don't have to be in the job search to use the well-being tools. So um, the second and third or third and fourth page of that guide are about how to design your own wellness strategy. And then it's lots of resources. Oh, let's see, I've got like four or five resources related to meditation. One that I like is five minutes and it's on YouTube and it's just called mindful breathing meditation. Now, if you're experiencing a lot of anxiety, I've had times in my life where I've been really anxious and on insight timer, there's um, a meditation uh, teacher called Glenn Harold. We'll include that in the link. And he has a 20 minute guided meditation um, called mindfulness for releasing anxiety. So if you're really amped up, you're struggling. Um, this got me through some really tough patches and I love knowing that I have it. <laughs> like I can go to it. If I'm, I, I've had panic attacks in the past and I've had um, extended times of um, health crises at the same time as a layoff. I, I've had some, some rough stuff and that <laughs> particular one was really helpful to me. So, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave two more tools that are really quick. Besides the three breaths, you could also try counting exhales. Even if you just do 10, count your exhale. And the last little quickie tip is think about the word just on the inhale and the word this on the exhale. That came from my yoga teacher at the YMCA. Just this. Because our minds are so um, they get hijacked constantly. It's really hard to leave them empty, even to focus on breath. So if you have a word to focus on, I find it really helpful. So maybe those tools. And I'm just going to say, just try it. And don't worry if you can't do a sitting meditation. Try a Tai Chi class. Try focusing on um, your gardening when you're really gardening or shoveling. If you're in the Northeast, we're going to have some snow. What if you go outside and you say, I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes just focusing on my physical body. I'm going to notice the movement of the shoveling. I'm just going to be as aware as possible of what muscles are being activated. So if you can be in that moment, you're giving your brain that break and you're building that resilience. I love that. That's so true though. I mean, I think all of it comes down to just you know, silence your phone, put it in airplane mode, disconnect from what it is that always distracts you, bring yourself to a place where you can either have some calmness and not think about the world around you and allow yourself physically and emotionally and mentally just to take that time for you, for you. And I think people are always scared about yoga because they don't understand it. I, for one, have done one yoga class in my life. I never went back to it, but my husband's always like, we should do yoga today. I was like, I don't know how you would want to do yoga. When I can't even picture you doing yoga, but I'll have to try it sometime. But I can definitely sit down and spend 20 minutes um, locked in my office and doing a meditation. So I'm going to check out that 
that 20 minute guided one. Cause I think we can all use a little bit of that in our lives. Sounds good. Or try that Tai Chi. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. I've never done that before. Easy. Really. The video is super simple. It's just breathing with little tiny motions, like just very simple. You know, it's funny anyway. when I was a kid growing up in the elementary school that I went to in the playground, there was always, um, probably about 10 to 15 people and they were older, a little bit older, probably back then we thought everybody was old when you're like seven, eight years old, but I don't know how old they were, but they were doing Tai Chi. Um, And they were, they were just, everybody was moving around them, right? There was the ruffling of the leaves. There was kids playing in the playground. There was people screaming, but they were so focused in their own activity and action and it was like clockwork. They would do it all the way up until you started to see, you know, snow on the ground or the leaves were coming down and it was cold. Um, they were out there That's all the so time. Cool. So I love it. yeah, I've never That's practiced cool. Tai Chi before. So I'll definitely have to do that. All right. You'll have to get back to me. Let me know how it goes, Jose. For sure. <laughs> well, this was awesome, Sabrina. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge and your expertise in this content. Where can people find you if they want to look you up? Sure. Um, They can go to sabrina-woods.com and they'll find a mindfulness tab with lots of resources and also LinkedIn. And that's one of my other tools. And just in case some of you are in the job search, feel free to take advantage of those resources as well. Yeah, we talk about LinkedIn a lot on the show and I'll be sure to (laughs) um, the links to your LinkedIn profile and your website in the show notes. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me, Jose. I really enjoyed talking about this today. Thank you so much, Virginia. I really appreciate it. Hey, Chit Chatter, before you go, if you love this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I read every single one of them. It would mean the world to me. And if you love some free coaching, go ahead, like, subscribe, and in the review, leave us a comment. Go ahead and screenshot it and then post it on over on Instagram stories and tag me at Jose Miguel Longo. Thank you so much for listening. All my love. And I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.